Blog Talk Radio. excited for another episode of Pure Gold, as always. And folks, if you'd like to give us a call, if you'd like to be a part of the show, or I mean, maybe you just want to listen, the number is 515-605-9796. Once again, 515-605-9796. Thank you, David. Uh, so tonight on this program, I have a whole bunch of goodies for all you people that like to hear about sports, some wrestling, some in the news, uh, and some gold nuggets that I feel like is necessary to talk about. So, David, uh, you ready to go? Yeah, I mean, I'm waiting. I love how you put a weird emphasis on my name, like you don't know what it is. Very interesting, considering all the years that I have known you. And um, I don't know what gold nuggets are, but I mean, you know, let's uh, let's let's get down to it, sir. Let's get down to the nuggets. Let's get down to everything and anything, and we tell like it is. Well, hopefully, thank you. Hopefully, um, we have some Mets and Yankees that want to are on the uh, listening live right now because we, I want to get into the baseball talk because the Mets just wrapped up a series with the Cardinals yesterday and they won the game and I have to throw half of my show sheet away because Alonzo came through and he hit a home run. Uh, the Mets won. Show some guts. Got The Mets won seven to six, but. Uh, a little cloud over the um, the Mets right now. The Scherzer is out for six to eight weeks. That's a big loss. Well, I would say more than a little cloud. I mean, it's more like a monsoon happening. I mean, so the thing about the Mets is that, yeah, obviously they're still in first place. You know, they, they lost their first series finally, which they never should have lost. And my concern with this team is simply this. Other than the injuries, we'll get to that in a second, the fact that they seem to be relying on those late-inning heroics, and they don't always come. Yes, today it did happen. But the consistency here is that the bullpen keeps blowing games and blowing leads, and they constantly have to come back. They won 7-6 today. As much as I dislike Pete Alonso, sir, what an absolute bomb he hit. Monster shot, sir. Well, that's why I throw, in, throw away half my show sheet, because I was talking about Alonso, how he spit the bit on Sunday versus the Mariners. And so Lindor. I mean, he are did? you concerned about Lindor at all? I know that my that <laughs> I know that uh, Angel, one of our uh, frequent contributors to the show, is definitely concerned about Lindor. I mean, he thinks he stinks. JD Davis thinks. I mean, Angel pretty much thinks everybody thinks. But that's besides the point. The truth of the matter is, 
Um, Alonzo did spit the bit the other day. He he loves to chase pitches out of the strike zone. He's that bad. Oh, Bases loaded. All he had to do was was basically look at the ball, not even take his bat off his shoulders because the pitcher only threw one ball in the strike zone. Ironically, he didn't swing at that one pitch, and he pretty much swung at everything else. So I, I hate watching him hit. I love when he hits home runs, but I do hate watching him hit. He's an undisciplined hitter. Um, and Lindor, I mean, he's in a slump. Escobar's in a slump. I, I'm not concerned yet, sir, but I'm definitely concerned about the pattern that I see. And would you like to hear it, yeah. sir? Yeah, there's one MVP of the team. You know who that is? Um, I'm still waiting for you to answer my question, but uh, the MVP okay. of the team. What was your uh, question? Sorry. Sorry. I'm not sure. I'm not sure, sir. No, you go. You go. And go. I would say the MVP of the Mets so far has been one and only David G. Uh, I think that he has been the MVP. Every time you say the Mets are going to really lose, the Mets are blah, 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 I should. I should have never said anything to you. Sorry, on Sunday. They were gonna, they were gonna win that game if I didn't say anything to you. But uh, you have been a lucky charm so far, being negative. Um, every time you are, the Mets win the game. Well, I mean, it's only been two games. Number one and number two, you are a fraud because you had no hope that the Mets were gonna win. I know you didn't think the Mets were gonna win, and you're just full of it because you want to make it seem like, oh wow. I'm so great. I'm so wonderful. Egomaniac that you are. <laughs> Even though the show intro, it says name, but I'm pretty sure you edited that. Well, my concern so what, what for this the... team, sir, Yeah. my concern is that the Mets pattern this year has been they get up, they're doing well, they, they score runs, and then the bullpen comes and blows it. And then again, they, they take an ugly, the bullpen blows it. Their bullpen is atrocious, and their bullpen has cost them a bunch of games this year. Most of their losses, they've got 14 losses, if I'm not mistaken, almost, most of them, probably 10 of them, have been blown bullpen games. And that is truly, sir, truly a hot, steaming deuce of a mess. Because that issue that they've had has cost them game after game after game, and it doesn't seem like they're getting any better. Ironically, you know who's been the best guy in the pen pretty much? Um, No, who? Who are you thinking? Edwin Diaz. I mean, he's actually been pretty good, surprisingly. <laughs> uh, he's, he's been yeah. very good, actually. Um, did you have any, were you confident that, um, were you confident that Diaz was going to blow the game today or win the game for them? Because, you know, Diaz with a tie game, base loaded, no, I think no else, usually he blows the game. I mean, were you confident or were you scared? I mean, I no, I wasn't, well, first of all, um, I mean, I wasn't scared per se, but, I mean, you know, the game, regardless of what, the game was blown and the Mets had to come back and win it with it in, in dramatic fashion. So, honestly, I mean, I'm not confident in him. I'm just saying that for the most part, he's been one of the better relievers in the team. Yeah. I mean, the only thing I also have to say about the Mets is that, thank God, the rest of the teams in that division, the National League East, uh, are very under 500 and they're bad this year. I think the Mets are up six and a half games. I mean, that's the only – only consolation that they the Mets have right now. Well, yeah, but but here here's the reason that it's not a consolation: the fact that um, the the Mets they keep with this pattern. They did this last year, sir. They literally did this last year. They were up until May or June, and then they completely fell apart. The Braves woke up, and then the Braves took it all. The Mets can't keep this semi 500 status. They've been winning a game, losing a game. It's been basically flip flopping back and forth. Uh, and it's been almost an, a 500 thing every game. I think they're one game over 500 in their last 20 at this point. That's because they won today. 
But the truth is they've been losing games left and right, and they haven't yet to be on a losing streak, but they also haven't gotten on a winning streak. They need to pull away from the guys in the NL East, not stay in the – they can't keep them there, sir. They can't keep them in the, the only, in the race. I guess the only – I mean, another consolation. I guess that new owner, new manager, it's a different atmosphere, different uh, feel to the team, I think, with, with Buck Showalter and Steve Cohen as the owner. Yeah, I agree. I like Buck, good manager for show. And um, Steve Cohen, Uncle Steve, as the people say, definitely maybe uh, is a good owner. You know, I was thinking about today, sir. What what would things have been like if Steve Cohen was the owner when George Steinbrenner was the owner? Could you imagine? The Yankees payroll would have been $900 million because they literally would, would have tried to pay everybody money, tons of money, just to make sure that they didn't go to the Mets. Yeah, I mean – the only, I mean, Alonzo, again, ripped up half my show sheet because he's a home run. The, I, I feel like the Mets are not hitting home runs again. I think they need a home run hitter in that lineup, a couple of maybe a couple of home run hitters. They just don't hit home runs as a team. I don't say, I'm not saying that that want to be them to be the Yankees, but the Yankees hit some home runs once in a while. Well, I don't. I love how you're bringing this up on a day where they got a home run to win the game. I mean, that's that's ironic that you would even bring that up. And typical of you to just be totally out in the field coming, literally. I I mean, I told you that to rip up half my show sheet because half my show sheet was out of this team that doesn't hit home runs, and now Alonzo wins the game today and, and hits a home run. Mets went seven to six on a home run. So, of course, uh, like I said, it's annoying to to talk about it because now we have a home run. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, good good way to end the game for sure, but I just hate the fact, I absolutely hate the fact that they, you know, they're inconsistent. Scherzer being down is atrocious. I mean, it's going gonna, it's gonna to kill them. Six to eight weeks, awful. That means that both of their guys, both of their aces, quote, unquote, alleged aces, are out until, um, until at least, the all-star break, essentially, and, I mean, half the season, you know, without the grind, and then Scherzer gone for a couple months. Not good, sir. Not good at all. The, the faster that the uh, the faster that the ground gets back, the better because, I mean, Scherzer out six, eight weeks. You told me about this injury, and then I read about it um, on, I think, Yahoo um, reported that he's out six, eight weeks. I was like, are you kidding me? I mean, what? Uh, it always happens to the Mets. I mean, no other team has these kind of injuries, I don't think. Well, I mean, that's definitely not true. Look at Ozzy Albies last year. I mean, he was – no, not Albies. Um, what's his name? Acuna last year, one of the best players in the Braves, and he is out for basically the entire year in the Braves going to the World Series. Now, if it's the Mets, yeah. they would have lost 100 games. My concern, again, goes back to the same thing. These guys both being out, the fact that they're injured and won't be back until the second half of the season, I mean, can the Mets really hang on? Can they really hang on? That's the question, you know? The season. That, that's yeah, what that's I mean, what concerns me, sir. Oh, okay. Um, so the if you want to call and talk about the Mets, you can five one five six zero five nine seven nine six talk about the Mets. But I'm gonna segue slowly, surely, but definitely to the Yankees because uh, a lot of Yankee fans out there they want to win. They win all the time. I mean, all they do is win, win, win. Except except there's a couple of glaring. Things that are staring in their face. I mean, Cortez says the word N I B B A um, in the past, and all of a sudden it's uh, a big news that he said that word. Um, have you heard about that? 
I haven't, but I, I don't really care about that because we have a caller on the line, and we're going to actually uh, patch him through. The point is, yeah, the Yankees uh, think. Let's not talk about them right now. We are joined yeah. by the one. Folks, this man, this man is a legend. You know, when you see that shirt, the man, the myth, the legend, that's this guy right yeah. here. Calling in all the way from New Jersey, hundreds of thousands of miles away. I'm, that's probably not even accurate from where I am at this current location. We are joined by the one and only Mitch from Fort Lee. Mitch, long time no talk. How are you doing, sir? How are you guys doing? Good evening. Pleasure to, hey, to speak to you. We're, we're doing good, yeah. Thank you for calling in. Uh, it's listen, been Mitch, forever. My pleasure. Ironically, you... Yeah, thank you. Ironically, you call in as Joe starts talking about the Yankees, but we don't care about the Yankees on this show because we're all Mets fans. <laughs> Mitch, we were just talking about uh, Los Mets, as we like to say. Um, let me ask you, sir, what are your concerns about this team? I know, you, you know, Joe's a little more positive than I am. We got the news that Scherzer's out six to eight weeks. Uh, DeGrom is still out until the All-Star break. Um, give, give us your – actually, you know what? Give us your assessment, if you could, so far – the Mets six weeks into the season. I'd like to hear it from a, from a, you know, a Mets fan. Sure. Sure thing. Let me, let me preface by saying I'm, I'm calling from New Jersey because my dear friend David moved and didn't tell me. <laughs> and the only reason I know, the only reason I know that he moved is I invited him to a Mets game with our, our third partner in crime, Ryan. And he goes, Oh, I can't come to the game. I said, well, why are you working? He goes, no, I moved to Georgia. And I thought it would have been nice. Well, he could have told me that, but close. he didn't. You're you know, close. So. I, live in, I live in Tennessee, not Georgia. But anyway, I'm not sure who this David oh, okay. is, but I live in Tennessee, not Georgia. <laughs> I guess where it was uh, Atlanta. <laughs> Did you move again and not tell me? No, no. I, I, live, I live about an hour. Well, I mean, sorry, this guy David that you're talking about, I'm not sure who he is, but he lives about an hour and a half, close to two hours away from Atlanta. In the in the oh, okay. backyard of Atlanta, so to speak, yeah. I, I've been to a couple okay. games back there. Nice stadium, for sure. Um, I spit on them, but anyway. Um, <laughs> so, we're, nice. so we're looking at this season. Yeah, of course, of course. We're looking at the season, right? Alonzo hit the game-winning home run today where he choked on Sunday. Um, we, we, Joe and I both have our opinions, but, but give us your thoughts on the minutes. I mean, what, what, are you concerned at all about this team so far? Oh, oh, very much. Um, you, have, you have a great start, and we've all seen great starts before. Um, I, I think Mickey's uh, first year as manager, what were we? We won a ridiculous amount of games in April and then drove off a cliff. So, oh, yeah. Uh, as long-time Mets fans, you know that we, we, we have that issue, you know, um, that this could happen at any time. I, I like the way they're playing and that they've won. I think they've lost one series and tied one series, and they've won every other series. And, and yes. it's the simple math that we always go back to. You hear that from the old-timers. Oh, win the series, win the series, win the series. doesn't sound like a lot. Three to two, three to two, four to three. Before you know it, you're, you're 12 games up. So it does, it does work. It's a, it's a good strategy. And, and Dave, you and I talked earlier uh, in our chat sessions, and we, we look at the difference <laughs> that Buck Show Walters made, and we think the steady oh, yeah. hand at the wheel is, is going to be a, uh, uh, a guiding force. You can see I, I, I don't uh, – have any problem with with uh, the previous manager, but I, I don't think he was ready. Um, so they finally pulled the trigger on it. You know, you and I wanted Girardi for a while there. We thought he would be the perfect yeah. fit because he's he's that kind of guy. He's a baseball guy. So absolutely, Mitch. So do you think it, that it, I think it's worked out. I was going to ask you, Mitch. Uh, do you think that having a new owner has anything to do with the positive outlook, Steve Cohen? 
I do um, more so right now for the for the fans because they know it's it's he can pull the trigger. He can compete with anybody. Um, as as you mentioned earlier, um, I think it was Dave, maybe it was Ryan said, well, he paid he paid uh, Cano twenty forty five million dollars to go away and not play baseball for us. Yes. So how many guys <laughs> can do that? The World Pods wouldn't have done that. No. Definitely not. So that it's definitely, definitely the fans love it. Uh, he's not been shy about spending money, and and I think uh, I think they got the right guys. I think Elper and um, and certainly Buck are the guys that are really gonna gonna get this team straight. You might not see it this year. I know we're very hopeful for this year, and we're tired of waiting. We're tired of saying next year, but I think uh, you know the future looks good if they if they keep the combination together. Buck's got some years left to manage. I think he's gonna be great. And spending the money properly, and, and not waiting, and not 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 blowing in the wind, and waiting. You know, the the, the Wolpons probably would have waited till till the middle of next year, and then still not been sure about what to do with Canal. You know, and at the trade deadline, would yeah. they would have cut him after another year and a half. So he did. He pulled the trigger. It's a big chunk of money to eat. Um, you blame Van Wagenen for that because that was a terrible trade. But um, you know, you're you're seeing that now, and and I think it's going to only get better. I don't think he's going to be the type to be. Steinbrenner-esque and just dump money at everybody, at every free agent. You know, they'll spend wisely. If he's smart, he's got to resign these guys that are coming up now for uh, Mets, our own free agents, when they, as they start turning over their contracts. Sign those. That's when you'll see the difference. You'll notice if he's, if he's willing to spend but also spending smart. If he keeps a lot of the guys that we think are, are core guys, the guys that grew up in the Mets organization that you want to keep, you know. If you go out and tell everybody that, that's, you know, a free agent, you're going you're gonna to be in the same boat as everybody else. Mitch, the Mets, the Mets need to hit home runs, I think, a little bit more than they have. Alonso hit a home run today, so that's kind of my, my argument is kind of shot, but they need to hit more home runs. They need a proven right fielder, um, someone that could play in New York. Um, you know who I'm talking about, I'm sure, by now. Um, what do you think? What are your thoughts on getting him next year, making a splash and getting the judge? I, I wouldn't mind getting him, but not under, under the, the terms that he's going to want. I mean, he turned down a sick amount of money from the Yankees to stay with the Yankees. I mean, how many guys come up with the Yankees and don't want to be a Yankee? You know, as much as my, uh, my animus towards that organization is um, as a Mets fan. But so now he's going to be, I think he's going to be 30 next year, right? And, they, and he's going to want a 10-year uh, yeah. deal? Are we going to do yeah. this again? We're really going to do this? You know, so four or five years, four, Maybe five, and now you're going to pay him for five more years to be to be an average player, to be a two a two seventy hitter. Is that what we're doing? Well, I mean, I see a point. I'm just thinking that Mike Piazza was a proven player that could play New York, um, and I feel that Judge can play New York. Obviously, definitely, maybe, obviously, clearly, maybe. Um, but I think that having Judge as a right fielder, it's uh, it makes a big splash. It creates that rivalry, get that tension between New York Yankees and the Mets. I, I really think that the, the Subway Series might happen next year. I think when you have a rich owner like Steve Cohen, you throw money like it's water because it's not our money, right? So he's got the money. Why not go after the judge? Uh, I, I mean, I'm not opposed to it, but it's, it's, it's the value, how much you have to spend to get it. And at his age, at the, at the time we need the right fielder, is he the best guy? Is he the best available player? You know, that's the way I was looking yeah. at it. Is, My is concern, he the best player that's Joe, available? That's what you look this. at. Yeah. Joe's talked about this ad nauseum. It's May, and he's talking about signing Aaron Judge for next year, which I still don't understand. But I digress. <laughs> the fact is, 
I mean, it's, it's ridiculous. He was talking about this the first episode, like the first week of, of April. Like, yeah, we need to find Aaron Judge. Oh, great. Let's find him for 2025. Anyway, my concern with Judge is he already turned down like a billion dollars from the Yankees. I mean, it was some astronomical number that they gave him secretly. Everything leaked out. He didn't want – he got mad because, because the number leaked out. It was a lot of money. For the Mets to throw that much at him – after already having given Francisco Lindor a billion dollars, you know, half a billion or whatever, he's got his monster contract. A lot of people would say he's underperforming. But when you look at the fact that, you know, Judge is going to want more money than him, I mean, who are you bidding against? The Yankees? That's it. No one's going to sign Judge for that money. If the Yankees aren't going to give it to him, they're not going to bid against themselves. And I don't want the Mets giving him $400 million like my co-host uh, over here thinks the Mets should give him 10 years, $40 million. I mean, that's insane. Mitch, it's completely insane. I, I agree with you. Uh, I, like I said, if it's, if it's a, a reasonable price, and you know what's reasonable, twenty in the twenties for and for in the term, four to five, I, he could get it done. But like you said, the money he turned on, I think it was it was almost three hundred, and it was for seven years, and he said no to that. So David, you have an excellent uh, yeah. point. What is he, who, who are we bidding against? We're bidding against ourselves because who else is going to give him that kind of money? I don't even think the Yankees, as good a year as Judge is having, are going to come back and make that offer again. I think they're going to let him walk. And now, now who is he going to bid against? Who, who, who's going to go for that and pay, and pay that price? I don't know if you're getting a bidding war. Uh, if he was younger, if he was 26, 28, maybe. Right. You know, it's only a year or two maybe. up the road. But, you know, he's a big guy. He's big guys age a little bit differently. The knees go faster, you know, when you're yep. that big and you're that heavy. So, I, you know, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't do it. There's <laughs> a lot more guys you could probably find. Um, yeah, Lindor, Lindor, because anybody who gets paid that kind of money is going to underperform. No one yep. is going to live up to a $30 million a year contract. Nobody. It doesn't happen anymore. Nope. So maybe they'll get smart, and they'll just start working on their, on their farm system more and start re-signing their own free agents before they get to arbitration, or arbitration now, before they get to free agency. And, and you would save money that way. Uh, a lot of the small market teams have done that. I know we don't like being a small market team when we have a big market owner and we're a big market team, but I, I can't see spending that much money. I mean, they already turned down um, Lindor's friend. I, I forget his name. I'm sorry. The second baseman, right? Baez. They, 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 all over Baez, and let's sign Baez. And the Mets went, yeah, no, no yep. thanks. <laughs> the Mets were like, no, we're good. The truth is that, you know, I, what I've noticed about Lindor, and I know we've had this conversation once a year, Mitch, but what I've noticed about Lindor is that he, he always makes – he wanted them to get rid to keep Cano. He did not want them to get rid of Cano. He made it known that he wouldn't be happy if they got rid of Cano. He still got rid of Cano. Yeah. He made it known that he wanted bias. They didn't bring back bias. Which I think bias made a mistake by not coming back, but that's just me. Um, I mean, what yeah. are you going to the Tigers? I mean, the losers. Anyway, the fact is, the fact is, the, it's just like Syndergaard. I said the same thing. Joe and I talked about this earlier. The fact that Syndergaard goes for, like, what, a million and a half more to another team, and I'm glad he's gone. I, I'm definitely glad that that guy's gone. I can't stand him. But anyway, yeah. my point is that these guys are taking minimal money to go other places. And then on the flip side, Lindor is saying, I want this guy, keep this guy, and the Mets aren't caving to him, which I like. I think that's a great thing, honestly. I really do. Yeah, yeah, you and I did talk about that, and, and I think that shows where, one, you're willing to spend. We have an owner and a management that are willing to spend and go out for players. At the same time, we're not going to let the players run the team. You, we signed you as our shortstop, play shortstop, and do the best you can at it, and, and, and be an right. all-star. But don't tell us who to get. And, and if we think... Robinson Cano hitting 210, if he was even hitting that much, uh, and paying him $22 million a year, we, we think it's better. And maybe his attitude, because there's no way he was a locker room guy and he was a, a calming presence in the locker room like David Wright. There's, there's no way on earth. 
You know, he was a me guy, he's a selfish guy, I bet you he didn't even talk to other players. So, you know, you bite the bullet there, and, and they're showing that we'll spend, but, but we'll spend the way, the way we want to. And you either want to be here or you don't. Right. And, and, and you're not going to run the team. Play your position, be a, be a professional ball player. It's hard. Very few men in the world can do it. God bless you. Do it for us, and we'll pay you a, a, a king's <laughs> ransom. But don't tell us what, anything else to do. No, I definitely agree with that. Mitch, one last thing before we let you go. I got to know, are you – I know we talked about you being concerned, but my thing is this. I mentioned this to Joe before you came on. My biggest concern is twofold. One, now Scherzer's out with injury, and then DeGrom is still out. So you're talking July before they come back. Terrible, number one, which will hurt them. I don't know if the Mets can make it. So, A, do you think the Mets are going to be able to hold the ship together for the next two months without their best pit players, pitchers? And are you as concerned as I am that most of their losses have been because of the bullpen not being able to hold the lead? I mean, almost every loss this year has been some catastrophic failure where the bullpen has, has flopped several times in the game and cost them the game. Yeah, it's obviously a concern. Um, I know you asked me at the top of the show when I came on. I didn't. I'm sorry. I got too excited. And I started rambling on it. I do that. But um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I think like um, again, a lot of our, a you. lot of our conversations are off the air uh, with Dave and I. And uh, a, a big issue was that he brought up not, not too long ago is that we've been playing 500 ball for too long now. And yep. and there's too many gaps where it's, it's you know. What is the thing? We've, we haven't lost two in a row, but we haven't won more than three in a row, something like that. Yeah. So yeah. you can no, see that there's, like that there's chinks yeah. in the armor. Yeah, chinks in the armor there. And now with, with, with your, without your two best guys, um, that's, that's going to be an issue. And, and unless something happens with the bullpen, like you're saying, Dave, the, the issue for, for a lot of the losses is there, unless something dramatic happens, I, I think you're going to see the first time all season, you're going to see some streaks, some losing streaks, some losing series, and, and you know, you're talking about giving this whole, this whole, what are we up, 12 games? 12 games up? Yeah. Um, wins over losses, I mean. You're looking back yeah, giving all that back on the All-Star break, and that's going to be tough. Yep. Like they did last year, and that, that's my concern. Is yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I, don't think this is a, I don't think this is the same old Mets, and I've said that multiple times on the air, but the truth is that the Mets are doing exactly what they did last year, getting out to this great run, and then the other teams aren't doing anything, and then once the Phillies kick in, once the Braves kick it into high gear, the Mets are going to be in trouble. I really think that. Um, but, you know, we'll see what happens. Hopefully the Mets can hold it together, you know, and find somebody and, and bring somebody in here or have guys like, you know, what they had with McGill before he went down, step up to the plate. I mean, or the pitcher's mound in this case. They're going to need help. Seth Lugo has been a concern this year. But what we will definitely see. Mitch, thank you so much for calling in. We appreciate your call. It's been a while, but hopefully you can call in a little bit more regularly. And the next time you call in, maybe I will have moved to Georgia. So, you have yourself a wonderful <laughs> evening, sir. <laughs> Georgia, you're better off in Tennessee, Tennessee anyway. A lot of Republicans yeah, I agree. in Tennessee. Georgia's All right. <laughs> <laughs> nice, guys. Thanks. Nice talking to you. Uh, you're good. Thank, thank you, Mitch. Same here. And, you know, Mitch made a good point, sir. He made an absolutely great point. There are more Republicans in Tennessee. But anyway, sir, I know that before Mitch called, you were going to talk about the New York Yankees. Oh, baby. I don't want to talk about the Yankees because I've been told that there's a lot more Yankee fans out there. I don't hear anyone. I don't hear anybody calling about them. So I'm just going to rant about my own version or my own take on the Yankees. But 515-605-9796. Uh, we were talking about Cortez. He said a bad word. Not really a bad word if you end it with an A. I don't think what he said in the past. And that's come to bite him in the behind. Um, that's nothing important. But 
what is important is that the Yankees, all they do is win, win, win. I hate to steal a line from a song, but they don't win. They didn't win today against Baltimore. They oh, lost the uh, game. Is that all? Is that all? They lost the game uh, today, and what's glaring to me as a non-Yankee fan is that Chapman on May 14th, Saturday, blew a save. On May 15th, he wasn't even used. On May 16th, he gave one run against Baltimore and immediately a meaningless win. Uh, on the 17th, he gave another run to Baltimore, and then uh, he wasn't even used today in a close game on the 19th, today the 19th. So then I started to think about what you said to me, David, uh, DG. I started to think, what? Maybe they don't need him. Why did they bring him back? I don't understand why they brought him back. I mean, if they're not going to use him in tight right. situations, what are they going to use him for? Right. Good point. I mean, I'm actually surprised the Yankees returned Chapman when they did because he's, you know, yeah, he can throw 175 mile an hour fastball, which is great, but he's he's always been a bit shaky. You know, he's with the Reds, obviously, and then he's with the Yanks. Um, you know, what, what, do you think that he he was rooting for Aaron Judge to come to the Mets? That's my question. <laughs> Well, that was my next point about the Yankees, that everyone's starting to talk about Judge and his contract. Maybe you shouldn't even talk to him because he's uh, doing phenomenal now. He's hitting home runs. So maybe you don't give him a contract because if you do give him a contract now, maybe he flip-flops and turns bad again. So maybe the Yankees are in the right spot and they give him a contract, a mega contract, at the end of this year instead of right now. Because fans are saying, why don't they give him a contract right now? I don't think you have to. I mean, it's a good point. Judge is hitting 306 right now. Uh, slugging is close to 700. OPS over 1,000. He's got 14 homers, 30 RBI. Not bad. I love the fact that he's hitting 306 first. I mean, that, that's great. I mean, I can't wait to see him in a Mets uniform, sir. I mean, that, that's going to be great. Yeah, okay. Um, I want to shift to basketball real fast uh, because I have a caller on the line that doesn't have much time. Um you want to take um, – I'll press it. Never mind. Sorry, David. Yeah, do it, uh, Yeah, just, just yeah, take I care have, of it. I, I want to talk about basketball next. Anyway, I have Katon on the line. I want to talk some basketball. Ready to watch game two of the Celtics uh, versus the Heat. Sir, Katon, how are you? I'm well. I'm well. How are you guys doing tonight? We're doing good. We're doing good. Do you have any specific to talk about the NBA in specific before I get into my, my rant about basketball? Well, I was actually going to go right up, uh, right up your alley, Joe, with the uh, Celtics and the Heat tonight. Uh, what do you, what do you think about tonight's game? Well, I was going to mention on the sheet on the show, but I'm glad you called. But if well, I'm not really a betting man when it comes to basketball, but we look at the line from four and a half to three and a half to one and a half. Um, it shows me that because Horford and Smart are going to play tonight, I think the Celtics have a good shot. I think that when healthy, the Celtics are the best team in the NBA this year. Uh, they've proven it since January. I think they're going to continue to prove it. Um, I just think we'll steal game two now. I was worried about stealing game two, but I think that the line's going down. I think that the, the Celtics are going to take game two. What do you think? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I'm really torn, right? Because I remember back in January, you said Celtics were one of the top four teams in the end, at least in the Eastern Conference. And I was like, no way. And I was rounding off teams like the Mets, like the Raptors, and you were uh, you were right, Javi. I think uh, since like January 28th, the Celtics had the best record uh, in the NBA, I believe. So and then they then they fought the Nets, right? Then they had that tough series against Milwaukee. But I think that would have been tough for anybody. I think uh, I think for tonight's game, though, it's 
I'm torn, right? Because last game, Boston was up by eight or ten points in the first half. Let's just say the second half they played it equal, Celtics would have won, right? And then I'm looking at it, but the thing is that when you kind of dig a little deeper and you see, well, Pritchard had 18 points in the first game. Is that gonna is that gonna happen again, right? Uh, it's the he played really sloppy in the first half, and then yeah. I, they must have made the adjustments in the second half. So I'm torn, right? It's like which Celtics are gonna show up, right? Even Tatum had something like 29 points. But I, I've never seen a quieter 29 points. I believe he only had like eight in the second half. So it's one of those things where I'm torn, right? I, I could argue for Miami winning. I can argue for Boston winning. That's why tonight's game is just going to be exciting because he has no idea what's going to happen. Good point. Dave, you want to chime in or you want me to keep going? Well, no. My, my only question here would be um, – if gun to your head, so to speak, you know, of course the analogy, right? Who's winning this series? Are this if you have to choose, your life dependent on it. You make the wrong choice, you're dead. Who would you pick? Are the Celtics gonna win? Yes or no? Are you asking me or are you asking Joe? Yes, sir, yes, yes. <laughs> no, I don't care about Joe's opinion. I know Joe's a Celtics fan. <laughs> Joe would pick the Celtics in any sport at any time, no matter what they're playing. They could be playing baseball and Joe would pick the Celtics to win, so I know his answer. But I'd like to know your answer. Good point. Good point there. That was a silly question on my part. Uh, put a gun <laughs> to my head. I think, <laughs> I think Miami, I believe Miami will win. Uh, home court plays a big factor. They played the, they, you know, they beat the Sixers, even though, and, and I understand Embiid didn't even play the first three games, right? So those were kind of gimme games for Miami. I have a feeling that uh, I think Miami will pull it out, but you could even ask Joe. I think I am pulling an over for almost every series so far this playoffs. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, I think Kaytan. First of all, I want you to call back uh, anytime and talk about basketball or whatever you want to talk about. But it's great having you on to break down the Celtic game tonight against the Heat. I just think that Tatum needs to have a mega star performance tonight. He needs to have 45. Smart has to have like 20. Jalen Brown has to have the 20. I think that. They will steal game two. I think that was a play with confidence. And I did tell you, did I not tell you that game one was the game to, to steal because I thought that Miami was going to come out rusty um, and they looked rusty, but the South was going back in it because they had no Horford or Smart. I just, I just feel confident that the line tells me a lot. One and a half, from four and a half to one and a half, it tells me a lot. I just think the Celtics will win tonight. Let's go Celtics. <laughs> Thank you so much, Kaytan, for your contribution and call. Uh, calling time, please. Thank you. Yep. Have a good night, guys. You too. Have a good one. But, folks, that was Kaytan, who likes to talk about basketball with me uh, off the air, and I think that's good to get a Knicks point of view because, I'm, you know, I'm basically a Celtics fan, but it's uh, he's picking Miami to win the series, and I, I disagree. So we'll see. Wait. All right, question. You literally just said you're basically a Celtics fan. Are you a Celtics fan or not? That's the question. Oh, since 1983 with Larry Bird? Yeah, I'm a Celtics fan. Oh, good stuff. Larry Bird, awesome. Um, big fan, big fan. Great great basketball player. Um, hell of a golfer, too, I think. But anyway, um, sir, I know that obviously, like I said, I said it in jest, but the truth is you would pick the Celtics no matter what. As a true fan, yep. I mean, you're not going to root against your yep. team. I know that I – Nope. 
once in a while it can be negative about the Mets, but I also would never pick a root against them. So that, that obviously, definitely, maybe. And it was good hearing, you know, someone else's perspective on basketball. As a Knicks fan, I mean, obviously, he's got no love lost for either one of those teams. So definitely some, definitely some interesting stuff there, sir. Yeah, I would love to talk to Keaton again sometime in the near future, talk about the Knicks, how they need a megastar, talk about LeBron James. Um, there's, there's plenty to talk about in the NBA, um, but right now I'm focused squarely on game two, Celtics and Heat at 8.30 on ESPN. So give me a prediction. I know you see the Celtics to win. How many games? Are you going to go seven? Um, I mean, now that they lost game one, I can only hope that it goes uh, seven games. But I, I still pick Boston – in seven, I think that I think that they're the better team. I just think that they they play better. They have been better. I saw them play head to head a couple of times after January. They could beat the the Heat. The Heat are not that good, I don't think. So it'd be it'd be fun to see. Tonight's game would be fun to see. Um, I think that the Celtics will steal game two, one eighteen, um, nah, one hundred eight to ninety eight, a ten point lead, ten point win for my Boston Celtics. Good stuff, sir. Good stuff. Um, obviously, definitely, maybe I would against the Celtics just because you were a fan of them. But uh, I digress there. So is that uh, it for basketball? Or did you want to talk a little bit more about that for the next 45 minutes? Actually, no. 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 Eh, let's not do that. It's a perfect time to take a break. I'm just getting it. I'm hearing right. our, our producer, Kelly. And Kelly's in my ear, and she's telling me that we need to take a break. So we'll be back right after these sponsors. One thing on everyone's mind these days is real estate. If you're in the market to buy or sell a home, contact Patricia and Renee Zengel with Keller Williams. Patricia has been in the business for 28 years and Renee 19 years, serving Bergen and Passaic counties. With their combined experience, dedication, and knowledge of the market, you'll be in the best hands. 100% service, 100% of the time. Call 551-265-5288 and let them know Pure Gold sent you. Want to know the secret to saving on the cost of dental care? It's simple. Find a dentist who provides all the treatment that you need and not one bit more. Overtreatment has become a huge problem in dentistry. You need an ethical dentist who will not only recommend the treatment that is necessary, but one who also cares. Time and again, Patients return to Dr. Zach Gordon's practice in Hasbrook Heights because he treats them properly, ethically, and with no shenanigans. Dr. Orden can be reached at 201-393-0022 or by email at drzacho at msn.com. That's D-R-Z-A-C-H-O at msn.com. Give him a call. This is Alicia from WSU Wrestling, and you're listening to Pure Gold. Hey, this is Ana Rodriguez with Texas USA 2011, and I want you to check out Pure Gold Radio at puregoldpg.com. You can listen in to their show every week with David and Joe. They are simply pure gold. I mean, how much better can you get than that? First of all, we have the lovely Kelly, talented, wonderful. We paid her a lot of money. All the money that we received for this show has actually gone to our production team, to Frank. Frank's ro- rolling in the big bucks. Kelly, our producer, who has now done most of our ads. I mean, good stuff there, sir. Good stuff for sure. But how great is it? Sure. 
to not have luck butchering the ads. I mean, I know, uh, I know that you're you're thrilled because uh, you don't have to ruin any more of the ads and lose our sponsorships in night of your life. So it's a good thing, sir. We were losing sponsors left and right, sir. That I was butchering <laughs> ads, helping kids. Yes, I had a couple on that. I had a couple calls. They're like, what are you doing? This is the way the ad is supposed to be read. So we hired Kelly. We had to do the right thing uh, by our sponsors. Good. Hundred percent. No, All the sponsorship money that we got went to her. So I mean, we're we're still broke, but that's fine because the money's gonna keep rolling in with great ads like that. Um, you know, the yeah. funny thing is that we have these advertisements, and you know, obviously we'll have, we'll have more later on. And you know, it's it's an interesting aspect to our show because we have these sponsors. I mean, literally, literally, all these wonderful sponsors, and we appreciate all of them. So it's pretty cool. You know, we have real estate. You know, from with, with Dennis, and then of course Patricia. We've got Dr. Zach, the most ethical dentist in the world, and I just really appreciate the fact that these folks have decided to hit their wagons to the gold train, They're the pure gold train. That's it. And again, I, I don't need to go on a rant here because I, I'm not smoking the Woody Johnson crack pipe just yet, but, I mean, where are the Yankee fans? Where are they? It's, it's 515-605-9796. I mean, call in, talk about the Yankees. I mean... I'm a biased Met fan, for all I know. For all you I are. care, yeah, I am. I mean, just get me a Yankee fan, and I will rip them to shreds. That's the bottom line. I love how you just said you're a biased Mets fan, for all you know. I mean, yeah, for all I know, you're a biased Mets fan also. But see, the <laughs> thing is, sir, we have we have an ace in our pocket, so to speak. Uh, we have a hole in one. I mean, I'm going to use one of your analogies. You know, spending money like it's water makes no sense whatsoever. One of our production team that I just mentioned is a huge, lifelong Yankees fan, has the Yankees NY tattooed on his left bicep, and he's got George Steinbrenner's autograph tattooed on his forehead. I mean, Frank is a huge Yankee fan, sir, so why not have Frank just chime in and tell you how wrong you are and how terrible you are, and that he hates yeah. the Mets and he hates you. I mean, my thoughts. If you want... If he wants to chime in, I would first ask him, do you need Chapman? Do you think that Chapman is concerning you right now? Or you don't care about Chapman? I want to know. I mean, I still don't see him on. So oh, there he is. So, Frank, what do you think about Chapman? Tell me about Chapman. You know, I still like Chapman. I think he's just having a little off in the beginning of the year a little bit here. But um, I'm telling you, they trade him or do anything like that, he's going to become, like, the best closer in baseball. Like, it seems to always happen with the Yankees. <laughs> I mean, before you came on, though, before you came on, I talked about how he blew a save on Saturday, the 14th. He wasn't even used on the 15th. On the 16th, he gave one run to Baltimore. To Baltimore, mind you. He gave another run to Baltimore again on the 17th. He wasn't even used today when the Yankees needed him, I think, and the Yankees lost the game. So I'd be concerned. Yeah, I mean, I think he's definitely going through something right now. It seems to happen, but um, I wouldn't pull the plug on him yet. I think it's still early, and obviously they don't—they're not needing the wins right now. So right. hopefully he can—he can work it, work it through, work it out somehow. And you know, so so Boone, so Boone hasn't lost confidence in Chapman. He just feels like he needs a Chapman needs a break on May nineteenth, twenty twenty-two. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> You know, it's funny. The other night, um, they had Boone on after the game, and they were asking him, they're like, so, you know, what do you think about, you know, you had your, 
you had a guy warming up in the bullpen there in the ninth inning. They didn't say the ninth inning. They said you had a guy warming up in the bullpen. And then Boone is like, oh, yeah, you know, in the eighth inning, we wanted to have a guy up just to, just in case, you know. But he, the question was really asking him, why did he have a bullpen guy up with Chapman in there in the ninth? And he kind of worked around the pin. So there's definitely something going on there. There's something – I mean, the only thing I want to ask you is one other question about the Yankees since I have you on. I know you're getting paid big bucks being the call screener, which we appreciate. But Aaron Judge is now – obviously. He, Aaron Judge finally woke up. Do you think the Yankees should give him a contract right now or wait until the end of the year? Um, you know, you've been <laughs> you've been running this question by me. If you ask yeah. me, get the deal done. Just get it done. Don't lose this guy, you know. Just get it done yeah. now because it's only his value. I mean, I don't know what they're waiting for, you know. His value to me is not going to go down. Yeah. So, you know, okay. I say sign yeah. him as soon as possible. Yeah. I mean, cross screen away. Um, again, the number for uh, to talk to Frank first is 515-615-9796. And what I hear when Frank says that, a Yankee fan forever, you know what I hear, Dave? David, you know what I hear? What? I hear nervousness. I hear the fact that the Mets can actually get this guy from the Yankees. He's get, he says, get it done now. Why do you have to get it done now? Because he's nervous. Well, um, see, my question is this. Frank, I have one more question for you. I know you're, I know you're oh, here he's back on. somewhere. Sure. Are you yeah. as sick? Are you as sick of hearing about Joe's sick obsession, mentally deranged obsession with Aaron Judge? It's May, the middle of May. He's talking about the Mets fan Aaron Judge. This is all he talks about. This has literally come up on every show that we've done so far since we came back. PG version 17.0. Frank, are you tired of it? As tired as I am. Please, sir, yell at me. Just tell me. I gotta say, I've been hoping that they signed him now because just so I can call Joe that very second and say, <laughs> Joe, please, you don't have to talk about it anymore. It's over. But hopefully that's the way that conversation's gonna go. But I'm a little worried. So. <laughs> see, see, yeah, hopefully. I told you. <laughs> hopefully, thank you, Frank. We appreciate it. Oh, baby, that's gonna be Frank. The second the Yankees give Judge. A $700 million, 30-year contract, lifetime contract, they're going to sign him. By the way, he'll get injured the next day and never play another game, and the Yankees will go bankrupt, but that's besides the point. Um, I just, I'm just glad that somebody else is a sick and tired of hearing. Listen, as a matter of fact, the next time, if, the next show that we do, you bring up Judge, I'm just going to, you're going to, you're calling it a mysteriously vanish, and I'm going to do a solo show. Me and Frank are going to do the show talking about how awful, terrible you are talking about Judge. Sick of it. So sick Well, did you hear Frank again? He said that the second he signs this year before the end of the year, he's going to call me up. That's still nervousness that it might not happen at the end of the year. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, I don't, I don't really think that's what it is. I think he's just sick of hearing your nonsense. I mean, how many times? <laughs> how many times? All right, moving along. So okay. sick of, of Aaron Judge. No more Judge. Okay, I'll move on to hockey talk and give me your take if you want. If not, I mean, we get Frank back on. But Sunday was Game 7 versus the Rangers. Where are you best? The number is 515-605-9796. They won a game that, of course, I didn't want to happen. But the only good thing that it happened was the first overtime. 
They won. They beat the Pittsburgh Penguins, and they moved on to Carolina last night. And Carolina, and Carolina was game one. They were winning one to nothing the whole game until there's about two minutes left in the game, and they give up a goal, and then lost in overtime. I mean, for a anti-Ranger fan, that can be sweeter to lose two one after winning, leading the game the whole time. That's all I have to say about that. I mean, Beth, anyone else wants to know the Rangers? Go ahead. <laughs> What's interesting to me is that you're you talk you literally biggest hypocrite ever. You talk about me, you rip me to no end. How I'm negative, how I'm this, how I'm that. You're the most negative person I've ever met. You literally hate the Rangers because you're an Islanders fan, just like you hate the Yankees because you're a Mets fan. Like I honestly think that you hate the Rangers more than you like the Islanders, and I definitely think that you hate the Yankees more than you like the Mets. I mean, if that's not the definition of sick, I don't know what is. I don't have a good voice because I'm not a good singer. Let's just face it, but in my mind, I'm going to Carolina. Jeez. Sorry about that. I just felt... <laughs> hey, question. Real quick. Yeah. You know, how we're, you know yeah. how we're trying to avoid getting sued by WFA and all these other companies? Now, considering that's not really Chris Russo, but a Chris Russo imitator, I mean, is there any possibility, any possibility that this guy finds us and sues us? I just want to know. I, I guess it's possible if the guy has no life like we do. Uh, it's to be honored that we use his soundbite on our show, I think, but that's just me. I, I mean, I agree, but I'm just wondering, because we've purposely avoided, I don't know if you, you folks out there listening to hundreds, like Joe promised me hundreds of callers and thousands of listeners, and of course it's come true. Um, those of you out there listening, you notice that we've steered clear of certain soundbites and accidentally played other soundbites, but we're trying to, we don't want to go to jail. We want to keep all the money that we have so we can afford to keep paying Kelly for her wonderful voice and all her wonderful ads that she does, and of course paying Frank to, uh, you know, fall asleep at the wheel, calling the show late, and basically taking naps while uh, callers are calling. So we appreciate Frank and everything he does. I'm actually, I, I'm more fascinated by Frank's take as a Yankee fan and the fact that he clearly uh, loathes you. But sir, I got to touch on something real quick. I just brought him up. I mentioned Christopher Mad Dog Russo. Oh, baby. The other day I was making a delivery. I'm not going to say with whom, what company, my day job, whatever the case is. I mean, there, there was some money exchanged, but that's neither here nor there. So I go and I make this uh, – I, I see the television. ESPN is on, right? And I happen to look, and I see Christopher Mad Dog Russo on my screen. He's got his hands up like he always when he's talking, and he's got this, like, okay thing that he's kind of throwing out there. Good stuff is always Russo. And you see Stephen A. Smith. They have a show, obviously. I don't. I forget what the show is called. So you have to forgive me because I, you know, as much as I love some of the stuff that Stephen A. Smith says because it's funny. Um, Mad Dog is talking, and I didn't know what he was talking yeah. about. But the look, the look on Stephen A. Smith's face—he literally rolled his eyes and was like, <sighs> "I mean, literally does this." It was so hilarious, and I don't know what Rooster was ranting on. I think they were talking about basketball, or I'm pretty sure it was basketball. I just it was so funny, sir. I, I mean, I loved it. Absolutely loved it. Do you think that? I mean, I finally showed Frank the video that we laugh about. We use on Pure Gold, uh, on Often, and everything. So, oh, there we go. So we. Uh, it's funny that Frank finally saw the clip of the YouTube of the fake Russo, uh, but you got to hear <laughs> the real Russo this week. <laughs> what, what, what did you laugh just as much as you laughed as the fake Russo did, or what did you do? Well, I actually, I actually laughed out loud, and I thought it was so funny because, like I said, I'm laughing. Chris has these mannerisms that he does when he's throwing his fingers up, and I don't know if he's throwing gang signs or whatever, jumping gang signs. Um, but 
the look on Stephen A. Smith's face was so great. Because then a minute later, Stephen A. starts talking, and then, of course, Chris is looking. Chris looks psychotic. Stephen A. looks bored. I mean, it's great stuff there. Why I'd want to watch two guys talking about sports, I have no idea. I don't know why that's a thing. I'm, I don't know why people watch Mike and Mike uh, for years. I don't know why people watch Mike and Chris, why they watched Boomer and Carton all those years ago. I, I just, you know, Boomer and Geo now, I don't get it. I don't see the appeal. Michael Kay talking to Peter Rosenberg. Uh, and uh, Don LaGreca, I don't get it, but that's just me, sir. I mean, my personal opinion. The truth is that if we make it, when we make it, we'll be more entertaining than those guys. I, I guarantee you we will be more entertaining than those guys. So um, I didn't say – I told you before, David, that I'd be smoking the Woody Johnson crack pipe. So this is why I'll be smoking the Woody Johnson crack pipe because on the line is Fred. Fred, how are you? Hello guys, Joe and David. Hello, welcome Fred. back after welcome back after a long time. So, good, thank you. What's thank going you. on? What's on your mind? Good. good, good. Jets, Jets. I just want to say how happy I was with the Jets draft this year. This is the first yeah. draft in a long time. I'm I'm actually excited again. So many years, many is years. That... I was a, a, a season ticket holder in the old Giant Stadium, and uh, All right, one before, year I even went I... with that. Good. I was gonna say before I start smoking the Woody Johnson crack pipe, which you're clearly smoking. Um, tell me what else you told me a couple nights ago about the Jets. In two years, they will. Uh, I don't want to. I don't want to jinx it now. I think. We, <laughs> I think. I think. I think uh, we might go to the promised land in two years. Oh, so I think we're close. I think. Israel? I think we're a lot closer. Wait, the Jets are I, going I, to Israel? I saw a lot of A's, A's and A pluses for our draft grade. I saw a lot of A's and A pluses this year for our draft grade. So. Fred. I have a question for you, sir. Yes. You just said yes, the Jets are going to the promised land. Are you talking about Israel? Because there is no way that the Jets are going to the Super Bowl. Maybe it's fans, but there is not a chance in the world that the Jets are winning the Super Bowl. Joe will be 96 yeah. years old before that happens. That's not too far off. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'll make a, I'll make one prediction. Within one year, I think next year's draft, unfortunately, I, there's a chance we might be drafting another quarterback. I don't know yet. I think this is the year for Zach Wilson you know, to put up or, you know, we're going to see what he's got because they're, they're tooling up around him, you know. But this is one of the, this is the first year in a long time that I, I was very excited and happy with our draft. The last couple of years, the, the trade, I, I feel like we gave away our draft last year. So, yeah, but, yeah, but I'm I mean, excited. The, the, the excitement's there again. It's coming. <laughs> okay. I did take a hit of the Woody Johnson cry fight because I think you uh, need to smoke – some more too, because a, how many years have we lived on this earth to think that the Jets had a good draft? I hear that almost every other year, or every year actually. And then to tell me on top of that, the Jets are going to the promised land, the AKA the Super Bowl. Yeah, not the, not Israel, but the Super Bowl. I think I think I was smoking the way Johnson crack was. I think well, well, this guy. Well, at the very is least, smoking. the playoff promised land. Playoffs? We're talking about playoffs? You kidding me? Playoffs? I think we're going to have a a big improvement this year. Okay. Okay. Even if they have an improvement, but you forget the AFC East or the AFC in general has teams like the Bengals, the Patriots, the Bills, the Titans. I mean, you expect them to overcome these teams. I remember – I remember the HC of the NYJ. I remember that. I know he's still there in New England. I know. 
I don't know what to say, David. I mean, that's going back a ways. David, I don't know what to say to Fred other than he needs to hit the Woody Johnson car fight. Here, I'll tell you this. I'll tell you this. I'll tell you this. I was there. I was there for – it happened to be John Elway's last game in Mile High. I was there for the Jets AFC Championship game in Denver. And I'll never forget the very first game when Vinny Vinny blew out his Achilles um, the following season. I'll never forget the exhilaration of going into that stadium, thinking that, that, that that's the closest. And I would say this, this draft, I got a taste of that that day. So I, I, there's hope. There's hope now. There's hope now. When, when you're a Jets fan, you have to have a Teflon heart. But I think it's going to pay off soon. Dave, David, I, I will say one thing. Week. It might yeah, not be the promised land this year, but it's, you know, we're getting there. We're getting there. Okay, yeah. I'm smoking too. Um, so David, the only thing I'll have to say is that um, he's super. Fred is a, a great guy. He's very positive. He's almost too positive. He's like um, Bob. He's the Bob Hughes of the Jets. Ha- I'm always going to be the glasses half full. Yeah, which I appreciate. So thank you, and I hope you call back again, Dave, do you have any, David. Do you have anything else? Oh boy! I mean, that's the only thing. That's the only thing. Actually, Fred, I just want to say this. Shame on you! (laughs) And my favorite Joe clip. My favorite Joe clip of all time. In case you didn't know, that's him saying, "Just go to hell." Just in case you're wondering. But listen, Fred, uh, thank you so much for calling. We appreciate it. Calling anytime. Anytime you want to rip Joe. Good luck with the show. Great show so far. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'll be calling again soon. All right. Thank you, Fred. Thank you. All right. Have a good night. Good stuff. You too, sir. Good stuff there by Fred. I mean, sir, it's been a good show so far. Obviously, definitely, maybe, as we love to say. I mean, the call board, the, the call, it's, it's lit up, sir. It's lit up, as they like to say. I don't know if you remember, we had a conversation with Evan Roberts one time, and he mentioned how on Sirius, when he worked there, Literally, like, to them, a full bank, they could have five lines. That's what they consider a successful show. They have a full bank of callers. A full bank could be, like, three people. I mean, literally. Obviously, we've had more than that tonight. We've had quite a few people just calling in, so it's been good stuff. Oh, We, we have another like we have caller. Another, I mean, Joe, are you paying people to call in? That's what I want to know because we have on the hotline today, sir, Ralph calling in to talk about the Jets. Ralph, how are you doing, sir? I'm doing great. I uh, I heard your previous caller talk about the Jets and his optimism, and I think you're okay. a little unfair with them. You're a little off mark because things are changed. Why? With, why uh, do you feel that things have changed? What's the UGM? Because the, up until the last two years, though, Johnsons have been making the draft picks. They've been making the personnel decisions. Stupid things like letting uh. uh getting rid of Thomas and, and signing a Damian Tomlinson, getting rid of just so they, uh, signing uh what's his face? The quarterback from Florida, the terrible quarterback from Florida and Denver. Sorry, I'm walking here outside. And it, it seems, it seems like they finally have uh, an adult in the room who's, who's uh, taking control because the Johnsons aren't football people. And I think, as, and I think we're, we're building good teams. And the, the bigger, the only question mark in this team right now is Lafour. If he's a real deal OC, then we can be exciting this year. 
You know, we may not make the playoffs, but remember, remember Cleveland a few years ago when they were scrappy and they were winning games, they were losing by a point or two, and then next year they made the playoffs? I see that's us. Ralph, I, don't know. I, need to, Ralph I need to ask you because the elephant is in the room. i got to ask you, in two years, are the Jets making the promised land, not Israel, but the Super Bowl? <laughs> not necessarily, but we're going to be okay. – but we're going to be competitive, you know? Hey, listen, I'm not sold in New England, and I'm not, I'm not quarterback, and I'm, and I'm not sold on the Miami quarterback. You know what I mean? We got, we've, got a punch, we've got a puncher's chance at the division. I know, the, I know wild card is a, it's probably easier to, to win the division and get in than wild card right now because of the rest of the conference. But if you're sold on, if you're sold on Jones – and if you're sold on uh, Tua, I'll take I'll take our chances in two years. Do you remember that the Buffalo Bills play in that division by chance, or oh. you forgot about the Buffalo Bills? Hey, listen, well, you know I, I said we could have a puncher's chance. What if somebody goes down? You know, hey, yeah. Brady went. What happened when Brady went down? They went 11 and five, and they still didn't make the playoffs because Miami got in. Big Chad Pennington led them in. You know, it can happen. We just need to be competitive and in the mix. And I think in our receiver's core is awesome. You know? Yeah, I mean, our running backs are exciting. Yeah. Yeah. I so, mean, I mean we've, we've got a future. What about, what about the schedule, by the way, Ralph? What, what oh, about the brutal. schedule that I'm, came out? Can, I'm not talking this year. It's, it's brutal. You so, know, we're talking about we, next year. Next year already. Yeah, I mean, that's like I said, this year we're going to be competitive. We're going to have life, you know. We're going to lose games, but, you know, Zach's going to throw for 300 yards. We're going to have a 1,000-yard yeah. receiver. We'll have a 1,000-yard rusher, you know. We may even have a tight end, you know, and they'll get some confidence. And then, we'll, and then next year, who knows? Hey, listen, yeah. Kansas City's going nowhere. Kansas City may not even make the playoffs next year. They, David, paid, we need, they yeah. paid $500 million for a Super Bowl they won two years ago. And they'll never get back yeah. there. Yeah. I, I, I mean, David, we need positive Jets fans because I am so negative. I'm so sick of the draft. I'm so sick of hearing, oh, the Jets had a good draft. Every year it's the same old thing. The Jets had a great draft. And guess what? They're under 500. Okay. <laughs> well, it's funny to me because you're so negative and you rip me all the time off the air, folks. He is constantly ripping me, but yet here he is being a negative Nelly about Los Jets. I mean, sir, you're you're a disgrace. You got you got guys like you know Fred and Ralph calling in here, and of course, Ralph, thank you so much for calling in, sir. We really appreciate it. Um, you know, we have these guys calling in, and they're being positive, and they're excited, and they're ready to go. And you over here, I mean, you're just you're you're a hot mess, sir. I just don't know. I honestly don't know what to do anymore with you because you have – I mean, you let us all down. There's, you have let us all one, down, sir. There's only one answer before we take the next caller. I'm, they're all smoking the Wood Johnson crack pipe. Obviously, definitely, maybe, clearly, they are smoking the Wood Johnson crack pipe. For you to say the Jets are going to make the Super Bowl in two years, you're smoking the Woody Johnson crack pipe. I don't care what you want to say about me, but you're smoking a Woody Johnson crack pipe. If you're saying that in two years the Jets are going to make the promised land, I mean clearly. I mean we talked about the promised land quite a few times, sir, which is which is ironic, of course, because of all the stuff 
we talk about off the air. But um, speaking of speaking of all that off the air, on air, let's take our next caller. We have Ben, who is joining us, and Ben has, uh, from what I was told by our call screener Frank, a surprise topic. Ben, how are you doing this evening, sir? We are doing okay this evening, and uh, this show is going to totally turn around after this discussion, and I hope more callers call in. So currently, the world situation is not good, including United States. One of the problems is the war in Ukraine, and that has caused uh, fuel shortages, food shortages, medical supply shortages, especially in the third world countries. So to make a long story short, could this have been avoided? Maybe, and we always need to learn from the history. So there was a big bear with 11 time zones and used to boss around, started flexing muscle. And that big bear in early 60s came at our door And one man stood up and resisted that, and the bear had to turn around and go back. Moving fast forward, in mid-80s, the bear started again thrashing around, and an old, retired movie actor from Hollywood B-movies stood up to (laughs) them and said, okay, you want to have it out? Let's see your ICBMs and our ICBMs. And the result was that the Berlin Wall came down. Moving fast forward, this bear has been really mad because lost all its empire. So what was it about, I would say, four, six, eight years ago, give or take? It took over Crimea. Nobody said a boo, especially our allies, the so-called allies, the NATO. We have spent we can't even count amount of money since 1940 for Europe. And what happened? Right. Don't count on them. Right? So next phase was to move troops to the Ukraine border. Before that, the two eastern regions of Ukraine, they were treating as their own territory moving in and out, this, that, and Ukraine with its own problems, including the investigation of Burisma, the oil and gas company, we won't go there. They had their own problems. So this bear now starts to move into Ukraine, starting to pile up military, soldiers, tanks, rockets, and... What's everybody saying? Oh, don't do that. Don't do that. We are going to do this. We are going to do this. Don't do that. They draw a line in the sand, and the bear goes across the line, and nobody does anything. Or we'll slap you sanctions. Sure. At one mouth, we say the sanctions don't work. At the other mouth, we say, well, we are going to slap on the sanctions. You know what would... I'm not a uh, foreign policy expert, but a common sense says that when the first Russian soldier moved on to uh, Ukraine border, the response should have been start giving military help 
to Ukraine immediately before even a shot was fired and then have that you know big mouth Russian foreign minister into Washington give him a nice wine dinner cigar play the special music <laughs> if he doesn't know right. the music show him the movie send and tell him that if you guys think anything you won't have a home to go back to because oh if we do that they have nukes oh he will get mad and use nukes this is the foreign policy being spoken by the nato nation leaders are you kidding me if you are going to be afraid of the bully sure he is going to push you around you want to have it out yeah. let's see what you got that's the way yeah. we no, won all along so moving right. forward we want to protect taiwan we want to even protect ukraine from it is already devastated from further devastation we need to have the right people in the right place someone was right. going to say I mean, something yeah, no, yeah. I was say, I was say, those, those are definitely hold on a second joe real quick i mean those are definitely good points fan you know you covered a lot of different things and obviously we're talking we, we, you know discussing russia and ukraine and everything Now, what about, what would you say to the people out there who would say that all right, we just gave another 40 million dollars or approved to give 40 million um to to uh the Ukraine? What would you say to those folks who are out there listening and out there, you know, they're believing saying, "Well, we need to take care of our own problems at home. Why are we getting involved in all these other foreign affairs? You're talking about Taiwan and then now you're talking about originally you were talking about Russia and the Ukraine. I mean, what would you say to those plain devil's advocate here that would say, "We have enough problems. Why are we getting involved in this?" excellent point this world is global now no longer okay we have to yes america first but in order for america to be first we need to have what we need we have become too much dependent upon so look what ukraine war has caused in our own country right so whatever happens to taiwan is going to knock out the electronic and everything we have to see the effects what happens elsewhere to our own social, uh, national security and our own strength that's the reason i agree 100% we got to take care of ourselves but right. in order to take care of ourselves we need to avoid situations like this this was totally avoided totally could have been avoided if just standing tough to the guy and saying look you make a move we are coming after you yeah i mean right i mean i definitely understand that then it's like walking on farkas you know in christmas story anytime yeah. you yeah. <laughs> you run away from the bully he's going to come after you that's exactly is happening yeah I mean, I'm going to tell you, Dave. I understand what you're David, saying. David. Wait, go, 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 go. Breaking the fifth wall. Uh, ben is a great guy. He brings a wealth of knowledge about not only about this politics in the world. He talks about religion. Um, me, him, and Frank are part of a prayer group at three o'clock. Most of the time, three o'clock. Sometimes at night, depending on somebody's schedule at work. But the the truth is that we're told. there be a war under Trump and there was no war under Trump that was a right. lie no, no and there was a war yeah. under Biden right. yeah so i mean i we right. can talk about this for hours 
We can talk about this for no, hours. I, I appreciate the call, Ben. I really do. The uh, reason I, I bring that, this up is that, yeah, okay, we, we, we learned why or possibly why this happened. We need to avoid the future. Putting the right people in the right place is very important. I mean, you know. so here's my thing, Ben. That, that's a great point, yeah. In theory, putting the right people in the right places is good. And by the way, to correct myself, it's $40 billion that the U.S. committed to Ukraine recently, not $40 million. I knew that number was off, which is insane with all the problems and the things that we have here in this country. Now, you mentioned the gas prices and everything, or you mentioned gas, that, that being an issue. Obviously, we've talked on this show about how gas was, was going up, and it's been going up steadily since Sleepy Joe, I'm sorry, Joe Biden took over. And this, this is the scapegoat. Ukraine is the scapegoat. Say, oh, now, see, this is where our gas prices are so high. No, it's not, because they were higher before. They were going higher, and this just made it worse. But the truth is that when we look at this country and the mess that we're in, when you say, Ben, about putting the right people in the right places, I'm not sure about you, but I have lost a lot of faith in the electoral process based on this last election. I'm not going to go into conspiracy theories and whatever, whatever. but my point is I'm not confident that we ever put the right people in the right places. You talked about Ronald Reagan. You alluded to him earlier, what he did in the 80s, right? And yes. we need including that. Kennedy. We have to give him credit for the Cuban yes, missile of course. crisis. Of course, absolutely. You know, for Trump, for all his bluster, I mean, it's true. There, there was no new wars under him. And now Biden comes in, and unfortunately, Joe doesn't even seem like he knows what day of the week it is. And I don't even say that as a joke. But you've got this issue in the Ukraine. You've got all these problems. We're giving money left and right. We're, having, we're drowning in debt as a country, and we're giving everybody money. It's always baffled me, Ben and, and Joe, and I don't know where we go from here. I don't disagree with what you said. Russia is a problem, clearly. But... I don't think we have the right people in office on any level to take care of this. Ben, what, what, what would you say to that? Right. But before I comment on that, let's go back to the fuel prices were going up in USA. I agree with you. But yeah. Ukraine war has created a problem around the world. I'm not just looking at United States. Right, right. You know, the poor countries are really suffering. 35% of the world's wheat production come, came out of Ukraine. The Russians have destroyed the farm equipment and all that thing. So not only now, but till this thing is resolved, and after that years to come, the rest of the world is suffering. So it's not, you know, I'm looking beyond United States, because if the world is in trouble, there are going to be coups and there are going to be trouble everywhere. So, and that's not good for our own national security. So from the po that point of view, I'm making the point that, yes, the administration we have, yes, that's why we have a democracy over here. That's why we need to start at the local elections <laughs> right. and go forward yes. from there. So it is, the, the change always comes from the grassroots, right? So this radio is at a grassroots level, level. I hope that people who are listening, I want people to be thinking. You know, people are just going that, oh, my gen for generations, this is what my family has done. That's what I'm going to do. I run into it all the time. And I want people to think. Democracy works right. only when people think. Otherwise, democracy doesn't work. Ben. That's we a good really point. appreciate your call. I, I hope you call back again because we can have okay. you on for another hour. We could definitely have you on for another hour. You, you bring a wealth of knowledge. We appreciate the call. 
talking politics, talking the world stuff is definitely more important than the stuff that I talk about and David talks about the Mets and the Yankees. But thank you so much. Well, just turned your show <laughs> around, you, and I, I, I hope that more listeners call in on subjects like this, and yeah. we have we have the conversation going. Thank okay, you for thank taking you, my call. So thank long. You, thank you. Thank you. Take care, Ben. I uh, appreciate Ben calling in. Definitely. Um, I mean, obviously, we've talked about politics in the show, but we've never had somebody so in-depth in getting into the, the kind of the behind-the-scenes stuff. And, you know, Kelly chimed in on the, old, uh, on the old hotline, and she mentioned that there is a lot of things that go on behind the scenes that we don't know. Now, whether you're a Republican or a Democrat or independent or whatever your political affiliation is, the truth is that, yeah, things are not going well right now. And, and a lot of that is due to, you know, what's going on in the Ukraine but, I mean, look at gas prices. They're, they're soaring. They're skyrocketing. I mean, and speaking of skyrocketing, you know, our, our listener count going through the roof, sir. Our calls going through the roof. We are going to have one of, our, one of our loyal listeners. I mean, this guy's this is called in multiple times. Uh, we have here Lou from New Jersey who would like to talk about the Yankees, which is definitely a big departure from what we were just talking about. But, Lou, we actually yeah. talked about the Yankees a little bit earlier. How are you doing, sir? Stuff. All right, on the liar side of stuff. <laughs> yeah, of course. So anyway, you know, Yankees, you know, Mets are off to their best start since like uh, 2000. But um, the one thing is that, though, the Mets are starting to look like a little bit of a train wreck now because injuries are piling up and it's going on today. So you're wondering, you know, the success of having now is great, but down the road, I think it's going to hurt them. I mean, the only thing that saved the Yankees from their um, – you know, uh, mass unit from a while back, they had a good farm system. So can the Mets farm system, you know, uh, help them out while their regular players are going um, on the on the medical list? Right. I mean, that's a good point. That, that's definitely a good point. Yeah. What, 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 what else did you have to talk about with the Mets and Yankees? Uh, did you have any specifics? Because – I'm about to rip you, Lou. Even though you're a loyal listener, I'm about to rip you. I'm just letting you know. Go ahead. Okay, he's going to rip me. Go ahead. But, you know, I mean, <laughs> you know, you have to give it to the Buck Showalter, though, because I think he is key for how the, for oh, how yeah. the Mets are doing this season. I mean, you have to give it to good old Uncle Buck. Love Buck. I mean, Buck is a great manager. He's doing a great job with the Mets. But Joe and I were, yeah. were high on the we're high as a Woody as Woody Johnson. I mean, we were definitely excited about the Buck signing when the Mets got him. We thought he was the right guy for the job. Obviously, you know, he's had success at other teams. You know, pretty much yeah. Buck sets people up and then they win the World Series when he leaves, which is crazy. But um, give us your take, Lou. Mm. Do you think you know Joe talked about Aaron Judge getting hot right now? Chapman, give us your take on Chapman. I mean, with Judge doing well and then Chapman, you know, we're we're, we're a little unsure about his future. Do you think? That no, I'm not sure about Chapman. Chapman is never going to be another Mariano Rivera. Let's get that straight right now. Chapman is nowhere near close to Rivera. I mean, you know, I worry about him. He seems to, like, you know, um, he takes you know, he takes the ball in the ninth inning, and he gives up, you know, a lot of runs. So I'm not I'm not too crazy about him. You know, he, is, he needs a lot of work. Otherwise, he's going to cost him a lot of games. I mean, the point. I think, as a non-Yankee fan, as always, is that why did you bring him back in the first uh, place? Uh, you're not using him right. in a pressure situation. Right. We don't need him. Dumb. Uh, why, why, why is he? Why is he even on the team? That's what I've been thinking. He's so bad. Why do you want him? Yeah. Oh. I mean, my call screener has one last question. 
We love you, Lou. I'm just kidding. You can call back any time. Again, the fi- the number is 515-605-9796. One last question for you because I'm sure that my call screener, my producer, everyone else, my mother wants to take a break, uh, I'm sure, soon. But my, my call screener has a question. Do you like Lou Pinella because your name is Lou? <laughs> um, well, as a baseball fan, yes, as a, as a person himself, no, he's pompous, he's arrogant, I mean, he's an overbearing loudmouth and whatnot. But we all, but Yankee fans have known that for years, of course. I mean, just like, you know, Barry right. Martin. So, you know, there's, yeah, we're not to relate by any chance. And, uh, there's nothing, a but I also have heard about there his is. daughter, and uh, she takes his bathroom. So the Pinellas, you know, they have a very serious bad reputation. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that's I mean, what I'd like to know, though. Joe, do you go to lunch with Joe yeah. Namath? I mean, would you like to go to lunch with him? Are you a fan of his? That's what I want to know. Should you have the same uh, name? More like Joe Biden, but, yeah, Joe Namath would be good, but oh, not Biden because I'm Joe B. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> hey, guys, remember, I, I, have, well, I have a show on Saturday in case you forgot. Um, my show still runs so on Joe Saturday. Joe told me he uh, called in. Is, is that not yeah. true? Is he lying again, Lou? Joe said he called in. Joe has called in. He called in about uh, the last time I was here, about three weeks ago. Yeah. Yeah, he said something about you paid him an undisclosed amount of money to call on the show, and the check cleared, and he called. So, I mean, that's definitely pretty very cool. Very funny. Very now, funny. It's totally free. We don't, we don't charge anything. <laughs> just, well, that, that's just make, sure that, make sure that we're like you can get in We're like PBS. Uh, we're a not-for-profit organization. Oh, oh dear. Yeah. I was going to say, make sure That's you check uh, out Enhanced Sports from 5 to 7 p.m. on Saturdays. Lou's a great guy. He's a great host. Yeah. What's the number again, Lou? 512? 512-543-4662. If you call, I guarantee I will get you in. you got nothing to lose except, you know, the non-important stuff. Self-respect, dignity, nerve, pride, none of the important stuff. So that's all you got to lose. <laughs> so, Lou, we really appreciate the call. Call back any time. I want to call your show if one I more have time. time. I will. Thank if you I so much, sir. Because, uh, thank you, Lou. We appreciate you. you. Um, definitely, thank you for calling the show. I love how Lou says that if he has time, he will. I mean, he has time. He called in now. And the, Lou, the check's in the mail. We sent it out. Thank Lou, you for being a loyal Lou. listener. Uh, Lou, you of, called oh, a fake show. You called a fake thing. show a couple weeks ago. You called a fake show. You have time. He- <laughs> He did, well, see, that, that is fascinating to me, the fact that he called. We weren't even doing a real show. We were just testing it, and Lou somehow found us. I mean, that, that was pretty sweet there. But, folks, we got to take a break. We have advertisers who are paying us big bucks to pay Frank and, and Kelly. So we will be right back after these words from our sponsors there. Looking to resurface the floors in your home or business in the New York, New Jersey metro area? Then check out... Hillstop Pro Services in Carlstadt, New Jersey. They offer a wide range of installation services, including commercial and residential carpet, resilient floors, luxury vinyl planks, VCT, sheet vinyl, custom area rugs, logo mats, self-leveling concrete restorations, and so much more. Head on over to www.hilltopproservices.com to see some of their latest projects or call them at 201 952-9193 for more information. As an active listener and proud sponsor of Pure Gold, I hope that when it comes to buying and selling real estate in northern New Jersey, you'll make the choice that you won't regret. Visit DennisMovesNJ.com. That's Dennis, 
MovesNJ.com for all your real estate needs. With over 22 years of experience working in law enforcement and married to an elementary school teacher, I truly understand the importance of your safety and education in your home search. Contact me today by visiting my website at DennisMovesNJ.com or calling me at 973-868-3529 and let me take care of the rest. I'm Lisa Mateo of the PIX11 Morning News in New York, and you're listening to Pure Gold. Hi, this is Lauren Lester, and you are listening to Pure Gold. Well, welcome back to the show. Like I said, the show only gets better and better with your calls. It's 515-605-9796. Truly the show about everything and anything and tells it like it is. Um, I think he finished smoking the Wade Johnson crack pipe. Friday's back on the air. Wants to tell us one more thing, I think. Should we take him on? Should we take him? Yeah, I mean, absolutely, sir. All right, let's see. Fred, you're back on the air. Are you done smoking the Woody Johnson crack pipe? Yes, yes. You're getting a double <laughs> okay. dose of Fred tonight. I, I, did, yeah. I, I was so compelled to call back after hearing uh, Benjamin's call, the, your caller Benjamin. Oh. That, that oh. was a fantastic call. And I, and I know we're going from left to right field, from Jets to, to, to politics, but, but I had to say just what a wonderful caller that was. And I agree with him, but I'm, I'm, I'm just very disgusted the way our country is right now. We have to get back on track. I mean, I, you, you think it's going to get worse, and the next day it's going to get worse. And, um, you know, but as excited as I was with the Jets draft, I'm excited as – I want to call it America's draft last night with the vote. I think we're getting some good, strong conservatives in, you know, just, just you know, America first people. And, and, and I think to piggyback on what Ben was saying, you have to take care of your house, your country first before you can take care of the world. And, you know, we have yeah. a lot of work to do here. And I'm just, I'm just so taken back of with the last year and a half of how we turned the opposite direction and I just can't wait till yeah. I hope November is the start of the best is yet to come. Yeah, I mean definitely some good points Fred and you know we did mention that we were talking to Ben earlier. Uh, let me ask you this and, and I am curious to yeah. see your obviously I can tell your political client. So I mentioned earlier how I was watching uh you know Sports Center and then Chris Russell was on and you know Stephen A. Smith but on the other television on the complete opposite side of where I was I looked and I saw they had the primary race in Pennsylvania. Now, uh, Dr. Oz, uh, it, it was a dead heat. And, you know, at the time I was watching it, of course, President Trump is, is a supporter of Oz. He came out and said, you know, he's a great guy, et cetera, et cetera. I've never been a fan personally. Um, and politically, he's always leaning liberal, so I'm not sure what's going on there. But give us your take on that, if you could, because I know that Trump, for the first time, because obviously he has a lot of, President Trump has a lot of uh, loyal fans and people who really respect him and agree with him on, on a lot of things. They were booing him when he came out in support of, of uh, Oz. What do you think about that? Give us your take. I, well, first of all, this is eerily familiar with going on in Pennsylvania right now, what happened in 2020. It, 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 I just hope that in the end Oz, Oz comes out ahead. But it looks like they're chipping away, chipping away. Something, you know, nefarious looks like it's going on behind the scenes. And I pray that that's not the case. But Wait, I, you want Oz to win? Yeah, I, I do. I do. So I, I like them both. I, I'll support both of them. 
I think Oz, you know, I, I think Oz has more of what we need, more of a common sense. I, I don't, I, I don't know. I, I'm torn. I, I would vote for either one of them, but I, I like Oz. I have a better feeling for Oz. So I, I, McCormick to me seems like more establishment. Yes, he was. I believe he went to West Point. Um, don't hold me tight. I know he had some military experience. You know, wonderful Americans. They're both wonderful Americans. But I just think Oz has what we need. So, and 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 Trump has a good record of of calling him. What is it, eighty-five and three now? So yeah, it, you know, it's Madison Cawthorn, Madison Cawthorn, put aside. So. But I, you know, and, and I, I, I just can't believe in the last year and a, a little over a year and a half, or almost a year and a half, the, the drastic change of trajectory our nation is going. When it's almost like it's being done on purpose. So, I mean, you know, I, I always tell everybody. I, I always tell everybody. I, I, I wouldn't say I'm a Republican or a Democrat. I'm a conservative libertarian. I should coin that. Why don't you break the news to us right now, uh, Fred? Uh, did Oz yeah. win the election, or is it still too close to count? As of right now, I believe – I think he won the election, but, you know, I, I just hope they don't find votes like they do in every other election, like they did in New Jersey's election <laughs> well, last year. They found they found in that warehouse 60,000 votes. Yeah, according to the results, Oz is only up by, like, 1,100 votes, and uh, 99% of the precincts are reporting – which is crazy because yesterday, see, this is what I don't understand about electoral, or about I don't understand about our electoral process. You get like 99% of the votes in on one night, and then it takes nine weeks to count the other one percent. I mean, yeah. yesterday when I saw it, it was like two in the afternoon, one in the afternoon, and they were at 90 something percent. Um, and you were right, yeah. by the way, about McCormick. He did graduate West Point, and he was a you know he's in the United States the, Air, the Army Airborne School, he's Ranger School. I mean, he was an undergraduate there, yeah. you know, so he was definitely, you know, by definition, a great American. So, you know, can't take yeah. anything away from him. Um, but, yeah, Joe, I mean, to answer your question, it's it's 31.22% to 31.14, and that's the latest. And you mentioned the New Jersey race. Um, my dad, who's, a, who's always been a Democrat, actually voted for Citarelli there because he didn't like Murphy. You know, so you have guys flip-flopping, and Tidarelli was winning, and then all of a sudden, oh, well, we found, you know, nine votes, and you lose. So, unbelievable, right. sir. And, Joe, I know you wanted to chime in what on this. this eerily, what does this eerily resemble? 2020, the election. Yes. Also, I, I just, yes. I, I, don't, I don't know. I, I, our election system, among other things, has to be drastically changed and corrected. So. I agree. You know, I, what's, what's great about Fred, uh, David, is that he can talk about the Jets in one breath, and then another breath he can talk about real-world politics. So we and love Fred. We hope he calls back. It's great to have you yes. on, Fred. It really is. But no, no, I just so. had the call back. Thank you for taking uh, my call again, guys. I just After Ben, I, that was a, it was a wonderful call. So many wonderful points. So, and Thank and, you, sir. And, and, once again. Yeah. And there's hope ahead. There's hope ahead. Prayer, prayer and hope. So. We have yet another call before I get to my show sheet, which I'm about to throw in the garbage. Um, so we have Anthony Sessa on the line. I want to talk about some Yankees and some wrestling. So Anthony Sessa, welcome to the program. Uh, first time, long time. Um, what's going on? What's on your mind? How you doing, Joe? Dave, good evening. How you guys doing? Good, good. How are you, sir? 
Kron. I'm doing all right. Uh, it's an honor to be uh, a part of uh, Pure Gold finally. <clears throat> and, um, you know, I love the show, and I, I love the fact that uh, you cover so many different topics. And I was, uh, you know, listening in earlier uh, about, you know, when you guys were talking about the Yankees and Chapman, and I wanted to touch on that first, if I may. Um, yeah. Yes, you know, I, I know somebody said earlier, you know, and I think – it has to be it has to be reinforced that uh Chapman um is you know nowhere near as as you know nowhere near as good as Mariano Rivera you know was obviously no, no one i think will ever be as good as nobody Rivera. is yeah and, yeah there's no two ways about it and i think you know us yankee fans we you know we have a tendency to try to you know you know look for that replacement and and um it's just not possible um, I like Chapman overall. However, uh, am, uh, you know, in regards to the question you guys were posing earlier, are am I concerned about Chapman? I am. I'm definitely concerned. Um, I don't like what I see the last couple of outings. You know, he just he doesn't look right. He just something's off. I don't know if he's hurt, and they just haven't figured that out yet. But he just doesn't look he just doesn't look comfortable out there. He's very easily distracted out there. Um, you know, he just doesn't, he just doesn't look himself, you know, plain, plain and simple. Um, so I'm, I'm definitely not ready to throw in the towel on Chapman way too soon to do that. But am I a little concerned? 100%. Let me ask you this. You, you actually brought up a point that Fred brought up, which I think is, is interesting. And, uh, it's just, it's interesting. Let's put it that way. You said that he's not Rivera. Nobody's Rivera, so that has to be taken off the table right off the bat because no closer in history is going to be as good as Mariano Rivera. As great as Dennis Eckersley was, as great as anybody you can think of, you know, that, that Rivera was, was a notch above them all. So removing him from the equation, and obviously you're not a fan of Chapman, give me, your, give me your second favorite Yankees closer. I mean, has there been a guy that you could say, wow, this, you know, so-and-so is super reliable? Because when I think about closers, I think about instability. As a Mets fan, I think about John Franco, who was always living and dying on the edge and most of the time dying on Billy Wagner, um, Armando Benitez, uh, Familia, Diaz, I mean, you know, Mel Rojas, any guy I can think of, they've all been inconsistent and they've all been a crapshoot. With the Yankees, you being a lifelong Yankee fan, other than Mariano, is there anybody you'd say, wow, this guy was right now or this could get the job done? I mean, before Mariano, there was John Wetland, but that, you know, that didn't last long. So, I mean, give us your thoughts on this. I'll be happy to touch on that. So, you know, I go, you know, I'll be 48 next month. So I go back to the, you know, to the late 70s, early 80s, you know, um, when I first started following the Yankees, you know, so um, the first closer that I encountered was the legendary Goose Gossage. And and I right. love Goose. Goose. And, I, and I love him to this day. Uh, he was definitely far from lights out. You know, um, I mean, he, he always made things interesting. Um, you know, and uh, then, of course, you had the combination, you know, when after they brought Goose in in 78. Remember, in 77, it was Sparky Lyle. 78, it was basically a combination of uh, Sparky Lyle and Goose. You know, then it became, you know, strictly Goose. And, you know, he was, I love Goose. It's fun to watch. But he was far from lights out, especially, especially, you know, there, I remember George Brett, one of the best hitters that I ever, you know, had the pleasure of watching, you know, growing up watching baseball, um, you know, George Brett always seemed to have, you know, uh, Gossage's number. 
and I'm not just talking about the famous pine tar incident from 83, but just in general, um, you know, and then, of course, after Gossage left and went to San Diego, um, you know, the Yankees, of course, eventually groomed, uh, you know, Dave Rigetti, um, you know, into a closer. And, you know, Rigetti, you loved Rigetti. How could you not love Dave Rigetti? But at the same token, as a, as a closer, I mean, no way was he lights out. In fact, I, I can I, I remember how uh, him blowing a lot of games. And uh, yeah, excuse me. The truth, the truth is that we gave it on for hours, and we hope you pull back again, Anthony. But before we talk about wrestling, you want to hear about wrestling? Let me just ask you a rhetorical question as a non-Yankee fan: Why is Chabin on this team? Why is he on this team? Well, I mean, he's, uh, I mean, he's still a legitimate closer. Okay. Okay. I mean, he's struggling right now, but I mean, I mean, I mean, I. Why wouldn't he be on this team at this point? I mean, uh, you know, I don't, I don't see, you know, I don't see any reason. Like I said, I don't. I'm not ready to throw the towel in on him, um, but I am a little concerned because mechanically, he definitely appears to be off. Um, he definitely appears to be highly distracted, um, and I, you know, I'm definitely concerned. Um, I am definitely, you know, I'm definitely concerned, you know, about, you know, ab- about about him as a as a whole. But I mean, again, overall, he has been a good closer for the Yankees. You know, we have gotten a lot of success out of him, and um, and I, I I have to believe that someone with that talent. Um, and the stuff that he has that, you know, he's going to straighten himself out. Now, I hope it happens soon, you know, but um, if he keeps up, you know, what's been happening lately, you know, then, you know, we got we to gotta start, you know, some decisions might have to be made. Thank God the rest of the bullpen has been, you know, absolutely superb, you know. So, um, so no, Chapman still deserves a place on this team at this point, you know, and um, hopefully he gets, uh, he gets himself – you know, straightened out. I mean, he, he's a, he's a, you know, he's an accomplished veteran. He's got a world series ring, you know, from the, of course, the magical right. 2016 year with the Cubs. He, the man deserves absolutely the benefit of the doubt at this point, you know, so can't throw in the towel on a guy like that, you know, that quickly. Um, but I am a little concerned, you know, as I said, I don't like what I've seen. He just seems to be off, but at the same token, definitely going to give him the benefit of the doubt and give him the opportunity you know, to put it all back together, you know, like, you like, you know, you guys said it the best earlier. It's only May 19th. So, yeah. you know, right. Right. Got to, got to, got to give the guy, got to give the guy a chance and let's see, let's see if he can get himself back on the right track. I believe he can. There's, I still think there's a lot of, a, you know, a lot of uh, closing left in that man. So time will certainly tell. No, it will. It will definitely. I mean, it's a good, it's a good uh, call, you know, Anthony, for sure, as far as all that goes, you know, as far as Chapman. We've been talking about him all day. Uh, but I'd like to switch gears because I know you said that you would like to talk about wrestling. My question for you, the news of the week, yeah. the biggest news coming in a Monday Night Raw this week, and it's been all over the airwaves. I've listened to Busted Open. They've been talking about it. Sasha Banks and Naomi. Not Naomi, bully. It's Naomi, for those of you out there listening we listen to that show. He constantly mispronounces her name, and it drives me insane. They walked out, apparently, legitimately walked out on Monday Night Raw, dropped their tag titles on the desk of the head of talent relations, John Laurinaitis, Johnny Ace, 
give us your thoughts on that. A, number one, A, number one, is it real? Did they really walk out, in your opinion? And number two, give us your thoughts on that, if you think it is. From everything I from everything that I've heard, it de- it was definitely a, a real walkout. Um, they got you know they were uh, from what I understand they were not uh, happy with the um, with the game plan for the main event uh, on Raw, and you know and I listen I love both of them they're very talented performers, uh, you right. know and the only problem the only, you know more so Sasha Banks than Naomi but uh, you know. Um, you know, we've seen we've seen this kind of behavior from Sasha before, where if she doesn't get her way, she takes her ball and goes home. And um, I think them dropping the you know leaving the belts on Laurenitis's desk and walking out, I think was highly unprofessional. Um, I um, I think that uh, and listen, no one's been more critical of WWE than than me in recent in recent years, but. Um, you know, you, you know, you, the, the you know the wrestlers, they you know they have to be held accountable as well, and you know it, it's under it's understandable for for you know for them to have you know some creative differences, but at the same token to to you know to just drop the belts and walk out in the middle, you know in the middle of the show and leave and leave everybody hanging, um, you know that's not the right way to handle it. Now it's not I can the right way to handle it. I can understand and appreciate your point of view there, um, Anthony. But let me ask you this: When does the WWE need to be held accountable by their talent? Look, the, the, from what I've read, Sasha and Naomi were not happy because Sasha was going to be pinned by Naomi in the main event, which was essentially teasing their split, which they don't want to do because they want them to have a long run with the tag titles. This is the second time that Sasha has had an issue with the way the tag titles were booked while she was champion because she wanted to make it a long-standing thing, and she couldn't. So you're going to tease this breakup. Uh, Naomi's going to win to then go on and challenge Bianca Belair at Hell in a Cell, and then somehow Sasha was going to end up challenging Ronda Rousey at the pay-per-view, which makes no sense, but, I mean, obviously they can be on both shows, and I'm not even sure if Sasha's on SmackDown or not at this point. But you're going to have the women's tag team champions essentially – be fed to the, the, the single stars and, and lose both matches. What's the point of that? I mean, if you're unhappy with creative, you make your voice known, Vince, you know, doesn't budge. At what point do you say, you know what, I'm done, I, I, I'm tired of this? At what point, Anthony, does the WWE get to be held accountable? Because they can do whatever they want and the town has to suck it up. I mean, you know, what do you think about yeah. that? Yeah. Uh, listen, uh, listen the, 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 there's, no, there's nothing wrong with talent uh, wanting to hold, uh, you know, WWE accountable for, you know, a, the lackluster and inconsistent booking that we have seen gone on now for so long. Okay. However, I do think that there is a, a better way to go about it than what they did, you know. Um, and the thing is, is that, uh, you know, I mean, Sasha and Naomi, I don't think we're going to, we're, we're slated to be, you know, a team for very, very long. Um, you know, Naomi, I think, deserves a heel run. Um, you know, she is married to one of the Usos. It's, you know, yes. uh, it, it's, yeah. it's an ideal ideal time to turn her heel, have her join the bloodline. You know, she hasn't really had a good, strong heel run. Now, Sasha's been back and forth, um, you know, heel to face, heel to face and all that. But 
you know, I, I, I do like the idea of Sasha feuding with Ronda Rousey, um, you know, and uh, but at the same token, it, I would like to see it as a full-fledged feud that carries on for a while and not just her challenging Ronda Rousey one night, you know, losing, and then, that, and then that's it. So there's, there's, there's no right. question that there are legitimate, legitimate issues and concerns with the, with the, with the WWE bookings, um, you know, and so on and so forth. And I'm the first to set them apart on a lot of their, you know, uh, poor decisions. I mean, this, I mean, a prime example is this ridiculous Ezekiel uh, Elias storyline. Um, <laughs> you, you know, I mean, it, that, 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 that one in particular makes me sick. Uh, to be honest with you, you know that that guy Elias is lo- loaded with so much talent, and he ever since he was he's been brought up to the main roster, he's been totally misused, um, you know. And this latest this latest gimmick with him coming back and claiming to be uh, um, Ezekiel Elias's younger brother is just you know it, it's one of the most ridiculous gimmicks and storylines that I've ever seen. Uh, you know, yeah. WWE should be ashamed of themselves for, you know, I mean, another prime example is Rick Ricochet. Ricochet, the last I checked, he's still the Intercontinental Champion, but I can't remember the last time I've seen him. Yeah. I you mean, I, I think you bring up so many good points. It makes me think that we need to have a show, another show just about wrestling because you are a wealth of we knowledge. Do. We, we can talk about uh, just wrestling. We, we can talk about the reunion that we went to uh, two weeks ago. We didn't see each other in person, but you helped me tell me that there was a reunion by using a Facebook Live, so I went to Morristown. Wrestling Con, yep, at the Men in Arena, yeah. Morristown. It was a great day. Um, I had the chance to meet, you know, several legendary wrestling stars, including Jake the Snake Roberts and the Million Dollar Man, Ted DiBiase, Mike Rotunda, a.k.a. IRS, Barry Windham, uh, Tommy Wildfire Rich, um, Haku, uh, you know, just to name a few, uh, Enzo Amore was there. Although I didn't, I didn't spend the time to to, to talk with him, but I did see him. Uh, Jesse the Body Ventura was also there. I, I did not get the chance to see him, um, but um, uh, Axe and Smash Demolition, I did see them. Yeah, it was I a mean, great day. Like I said, like I said, you could talk. We could talk for hours about wrestling. We should. We we need to have a. a separate wrestling show of Pure Gold. Um, I'll just give you a little teaser, Mr. Anthony Sessa. Again, it's 515-605-9796. But um, one thing that we'll, I'll tell you that in the upcoming weeks, we will have a former WWE referee on, and he will talk about his story with John Laurinaitis. I think you'll be very interested to hear that. I I would absolutely love to uh, to hear that. And, you know, you're 100% right. We need a whole separate show just to talk wrestling because there's so much ground to cover. There's a lot of great wrestling taking place out in the wrestling world these days. You know, uh, I mean, WWE um, is, you know, we can, there's a lot more critics, you know, there's a lot more picking apart at WWE that needs to be done. Um, You know, needless to say, uh, of course, you know, we're all enamored with uh, AEW and, and the great things that's happening at AEW. Then you got New Japan, you have MLW, you have, you know, you, there's a lot of good stuff happening. So we definitely need to uh, to spend more time on it. David, 
<laughs> no, uh, I agree. We, we, I mean, we, Joe, you, you could have yeah. chimed in there. Break the fifth wall. Chime I mean, in. Go. You, you could tell me um, while Anthony's on there, do you think that a wrestling show, a wrestling pure gold, just talk about wrestling for an hour or half an hour is important? Or do you think we should consider doing that instead of just you know, no, I mean, talk about wrestling? Obviously, in our show? definitely, maybe we could talk about it. I mean, you can take a break because I know you, you, you read me all the time about the, what you watch, the wrestling, what you don't watch. I, I was just watching the. The Stone Cold podcast, well, I don't know if you, you can call it a podcast, technically a video, but with uh, Cody Rhodes, and that was definitely fascinating and interesting hearing Cody talk about his father and his career and everything else, coming back to double, double E. Um, yeah, we can talk about wrestling. We can talk about old school wrestling. We can talk about, you know, how the Road Warriors are better than, than Demolition. I mean, we could talk about, you know, Jesse the Body Ventura and Hulk Hogan and their, their heat. I mean, there's so many different things, so many different things. That we I mean, oh, yeah, we could do uh, seven hours. It's though. not... Non-stop. Honestly, non-stop. Oh, yeah. honestly, Anthony could do his, Anthony could do his own show, and if you don't want to be there, I don't care. But Anthony, Mr. Sessa, is a great wealth of knowledge of wrestling, and uh, like I said, don't really need me to be on the air with him. But uh, it'd be great to do a show with the three of us with our call screener. That'd be great. We just gotta figure out a day and time that we could do it. I would love to, guys. It, it would be lots of fun. There's so much to get into. Um, yeah. It's a passion of mine. Um, I love professional wrestling. I love old-fashioned professional wrestling, which is why I love AEW the best, um, you know, because they let the wrestling itself be the entertainment. And, you know, WWE still has a lot of great talent, but a lot of it is misused. It is. And, um, you know, so we definitely can sink our teeth into a lot of, a lot of wrestling topics. Because there's a lot of other good, there's a lot of other good wrestling out there, even beyond AEW, that deserves some recognition as well. MLW has been very good. Um, you know, the uh, it, even Impact uh, lately has gotten better in my eyes. Uh, although I'm a little behind on it the past few weeks, um, but um, from what I've seen, uh, the bits and pieces I've seen, you know, I like what I've been seeing. For, <coughs> excuse me, from them. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so I there's mean, lots to talk about. We want you to call back. We definitely will talk about in our production meeting about having a separate Pure Gold episode about wrestling, but we really appreciate your call, Anthony. Call back anytime. Uh, we'll let you know about wrestling, uh, a wrestling Pure Gold show. But, again, if you want to call Absolutely. like Anthony is, he's a wealth of knowledge. That's all there is to it. It's 515-605-9796. It's my Anthony. pleasure, guys. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for your time. Thank you. Thank you, sir. We appreciate it. We definitely appreciate the call. A lot of calls tonight, sir. Uh, more than I think we've ever gotten in the history of Pure Gold. We had, the show was so good. We had somebody calling twice. It's just Fred. I mean, talking about, thank the, God. talking about the Jets and all that. Yeah. Ben called in. Yeah, thank God I mean, we had Angel up. on the line, but Angel had to go. Yeah. I know Frank, Frank's finally earning his money. But uh, good stuff today, sir. Now, before we – I know the show's coming to a close soon. Before we yeah. end, that I have to say this before I forget – Yo, do you know, other than the United States, I did, I looked at the demographics the other day. I had the production team look into it. The demographics for our show, obviously most of our listeners come from the United States. Do you know what the number two country in the world is that loves pure gold? Of You'll course I do. It it's Guatemala, right? It's Guatemala. No. No, it's actually, are you ready for this? Are you ready? Yeah. Go ahead. India. We got to thank our fans in India who have been listening to our show and also Africa. 
India and Africa are number two and number three on the list after the United States. I would have thought it would be our friends up north in Canada, but, of course, the Canadians never get anything right. We have people listening to our show in other parts of the world. Pure gold is literally worldwide. And, of course, sir, I mean, we're taking off like a rocket ship. We've got sponsors. We've got callers. We've got people listening from all over the world. I mean, it can't get any better than this. I mean, pretty soon we're going to have our own, our own channel in Sirius, sir. I mean, come on. I, I would go to India with you. I would just make sure I don't do not urinate just like George from uh, Seinfeld did not urinate. Uh, while he's in India, if you recall that episode. I do. I do. Uh, Kelly's a huge fan of uh, George Costanza. Actually, she hates him. Uh, she she held it against him, his character in the movie Show and How, and also Jason Alexander's role in Pretty Woman. She always viewed him as a terrible person because <laughs> of those two show, those two movies. It fascinates me. But anyway, that's not how, here nor there, sir. Uh, how is there – we're going to end the show pretty soon. What is it? Yeah, I know, I know you are. Uh, how is there only eight minutes left, and I didn't even get into the real-world stuff? Can I mention at least one thing in the real world, and then you comment on it? Well, that's what I was going to say. I mean, literally, I one was thing. to go. Yeah. yeah. So, unfortunately, uh, our thoughts and prayers are with the families and victims in Buffalo. There's a shooting by a, uh, a, a white Caucasian. The media wants to spin it that it was a uh, racist crime. They thought about gun control. The truth is that it's not either about racism nor gun control. It's all, it's about you know mental health. So we need to be more mentally aware aware of mental health. That's very important. I think that you have other shootings that happen in the world. You have one in Dallas. You have one in I don't remember where else, but uh, there's a shooting in Dallas. There's a shooting somewhere else, and they were not Caucasian. So. The media wants you to think that it's racism, but when it's not a white Caucasian, they won't mention that. They'll just mention that there was a shooter. Um, again, it was either uh, Vietnamese or Oriental, and then there was one that was African-American. The media doesn't want to talk about that. They want to talk about the white Caucasian that, was sh- that shot a bunch of black people in Buffalo, New York. Yeah, I mean, you know, however, however you want to spin it, the fact is that, you know, People aren't randomly shooting people all the time everywhere. I live in the South, and in the South, I mean, everybody has guns. It's literally everywhere. The kids are taught how to respect them. You know, you don't see mass shootings for the most part. Um, You know, in my area where I live, and from what I've seen, a lot of people respect guns, how to use them, like I said. And then, of course, knowing that everybody else has them, you know, it's a different culture down here. So I can't say that, you know, I can't say that, everybody's shooting everybody everywhere. I mean, these, unfortunately, these terrible things do happen, and the media tries to spin it in a way that, I don't know if beneficial is the right word, but they try to spin it a certain way. But that's what the media does. The media spins everything. That's all they do is spin things, whether it's left yeah. or right. I mean, for the most part, it is left, let's be real. But there's a lot of spinning going on, and this is going to be spun just like everything else is going to be spun, and things only, they literally only are shown from one point of view and you don't get both sides of the equation for the most part. So, I mean, that's the bottom line. But like you said, thoughts and prayers go out, you know, meaningful thoughts and, of course, meaningful prayers. We'd like, we definitely, you know, hopefully that they'll have comfort, they'll have peace in the middle of everything going on and that everything will be as okay as it can be when these terrible things happen, of course, because obviously you can't reverse time and change it. But, you know, again, our prayers go out to those people who are affected by this, sir. And I believe you have yeah. another another note. 
No, just want to apologize for using that racist term uh, about the shooting in Texas. Um, I did not mean to use that term. I apologize to you, the sponsors, Frank, my mom, uh, Angel, and Woodland Park, anyone you can think of. So I apologize. I just get really fed up when my call my call sheet or my my um, my rundown is is poorly written. Uh, that person is now fired. Go ahead. Yeah, I mean. Uh... <laughs> Definitely. I mean, I think you should be fired after after what you said. But it's funny because Mike actually got heat for Mike Francesa got heat because he mentioned the term Oriental, which is what you were referring to. When we were growing yeah. up as kids, I mean, obviously you're much, much, much older than I am. Older. But that was much. a term that was commonly used, and of course, as time has gone on, you know, a lot of the terms that we use for to describe certain people groups are now considered racist, and that would be one of them. But you know, the fact is that you know, unfortunately. We we are products of our environment and our upbringing, and sometimes we say things we shouldn't. So you know, I would say that your apology, you know, is coming from a good place. So you know, let, let's move along, sir. As it were, before we close out, because we only got a couple minutes left, three minutes and thirty three seconds to be exact. Uh, one more thing, do you have it, or are we are we closing out the show? Well, I would be remiss that uh, Sunday was May fifteenth, my father's five years of passing. Um, I miss him every day. Do uh, you remember the line, David, remember me? That's that's a line of from Pure Gold. Um, <laughs> great call. I know that we get calls all the time now, but we do miss him. Um, it was really funny. Oh, yeah. We still talk about that. We talk about it to, to today. So, so it's been yeah. five years already. So, uh, you know, God bless. Uh, hopefully he's, doing, he's in a better place than we are. Yeah, I mean, you would you would obviously hope so. I mean, when, you know, depending on what you believe, your religious beliefs, of course, in your case, you would believe that he is in a better place. And it's interesting that you bring that up um, because I was listening to the Cody Rhodes interview, going back to that, and obviously Cody's father passed away, and I think it's I think it's about six or seven years. It's pretty close to when your dad passed away. And he was saying that he talked to Brody Lee, and Brody Lee unfortunately passed away, you know, uh, last year, but. He was talking about when his father passed. His father had passed, I think, 10 years prior, and he had a conversation with Cody, obviously, in reference to Dusty, and he said, look, man, people tell you to get over it. People tell you to move on. People tell you it gets easier. He's like, it doesn't get easier. You just deal with it. He, Brody literally said that it had been 10 years, and he said he, it was like as if it had just happened. And Cody's like, man, it really, it really hit him hard. And then, of course, he was able to pass that information on to, with, with Brody's son when he died, obviously unexpectedly and very young. But the truth is that it seems to be the type of thing and most people who've really gone through it agree. You never get over it. You never move on. You just learn how to live with it. And unfortunately, these things happen, yeah. and death is a part of life, sadly. So, you know, you mentioned your dad. He was a great guy and, you know, always loved uh, talking to him and the conversations that we did have and him, uh, you know, calling the show, of course, sir. But uh, one last thing before we go. Yeah. Well, I don't get sued for this, but all I have to say to that is America Dream. And we're not sure what happened with Joe's mic, but he just got cut off. Folks, so strange, so weird. Thank you, folks, for listening. And up and up. Wonderful show tonight. Thanks to all of our callers, all of our listeners, everybody who called in. We thank Mitch. We thank Angel who called in, and we couldn't get him on because the hotline were jammed. I mean, we had Anthony calling in. We had Fred calling in. We had Frank who chimed in. I mean, we had Ben. We had so many people, you know, 30, 40 listeners, uh, 30, 40 callers calling in. I mean, it was amazing. It was a great show as always. 
Thank you so much to everybody who did call. Thank you for those of you out there listening. Lou, of course, who also called in. Have a wonderful evening, and we will see you guys next week, hopefully, definitely, maybe. Folks, you have a wonderful, wonderful evening. I'm an egomaniac. We're very pleased to be joined by the one and only